Tom A. Haverford, sporty and sexy. Tom B. Haverford, smooth and soulful. Oh my God, am I being punished for something? Which letter did you get? N, Tom N. Haverford. <laughs> the N stands for nerd. I never even checked that one because no one ever responds to it. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be talking about sitcoms. We're going to go through our top five favorite sitcoms of all time. But before I introduce you, Mike, I'm just going to let you put in the caveat. What are the caveats for these sitcoms? Because we want to get these rules right up front. (laughs) So we are doing live action only. That's the most important rule. So it's not yeah. including anything animated. And um, so there were no disputes between uh, us friends here. We have a master list of sitcoms, which is just the uh, Wikipedia list of situational comedies. So as long as... The greatest source ever, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> as long as your your show is on that list, then um, it counts. That's it. That's pretty That's much the it. only rules. So, Other than that, yeah, t- timing uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter yeah. when it started. Doesn't matter if it's still on, really. Um, but uh, yeah, we're just going to do top five. We we went through our um, our ten to six, or at least me and wife power did. Uh, you know, we picked about three or four, and Mike listed his ten to six favorites. And uh, by the way, I'm joined by Michael R. Power and wife power. So. <laughs> um, Ian's uh, running just a few minutes late, but that's okay. He'll get here and we'll, we'll get through his list as well, hopefully by the time we uh, end the recording. But uh, we're going to go through our five to one favorites. So, Wife Power, let's start with you with number five. Uh, so, Dave, you actually mentioned this in your uh, six to ten list, but mm. my number five is Schitt's Creek. Nice. Um, I would say the show hit its stride around or like not stride, but like found its voice really in season three. And Mm -hmm. just from there, it was just pure gold. Um, And I really liked it. It's definitely a show that I would watch over and over again. And that's kind of how I like judge these sitcoms is like, what am I willing to like sit down and watch again and again and again? And this is definitely one for me. Um, it it makes me laugh out funny. It's got emotion. Um, the all the actor like the cast ensemble is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I just Shit's Creek number five for me. And Canadian show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Canadian. It's man. It you're right. Once once you get to that like halfway through the second and especially into the third season, the rest of it is. Is honestly, it's like it's like can't miss comedy. I think yeah. It's so every so funny. every episode is just like there's not a it's once it finds its voice and knows like exactly where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. It it yeah. There's there's not a single miss, and um, it's just such a great show. It's it's just hilarious. Like it's it's so quotable and everything too. And and I feel like it's it's hard to say like oh just stick it stick to it until like the second season or or until the end of the second season into the third. But like I this is one that one it's not that many episodes. Like they're not mm-hmm. you know big forty five minute episodes that are twenty 
20 episodes long. So I think it doesn't take as much time, but I think that this is one of the few shows that I would say it's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. It's it's gotta be to say like two seasons are like no other sitcom and it's definitely worth making it through. Even if like, even I wasn't loving the first two seasons, but come around in the end and it is, yeah, it's worthy of, of a top five of all time for sure. Yeah. It's like I said, um, people can hear it in the, in the little uh, Patreon banter that we're, that we're going to put up, but like, this is such a quotable show that comes up in our household literally every single day, every single day. And yeah, David. Yeah. Um, That's the easiest one. (laughs) So um, Mike, how about yourself? What is your number five? Man, getting right into like, amazing amazing classic shows well not always classic but just amazing shows my number five is such a good show i can't believe it's number five anyways arrested arrested development is number five on my list oh my god this is number five like this is one of the best comedies ever made best sitcoms ever made i don't know i know i know people consider it like the i know a lot of people consider it the best like the number one so the fact number five is just like I thought harder about this list and I put it number five, you know, I did 10, but yeah, it's just, just, if you haven't seen Arrest Development, I don't know what you're doing. If you like sitcoms, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just too good. This, uh, this show I got to so late, so far after it was, I got, I, I didn't watch it until almost that, um, that last season that they remade a couple years ago. I watched it just before that, just before that. Mm -hmm. So I watched it all in like one chunk. So, um but it's so Ign- funny. ignore i'm ignoring that season in my is it, is it that bad i never watched it it was just so different than what like the show or i guess like not so different but it just like it was there's was something off about it like mm. it was the it was the odd season like when mm-hmm. netflix picked it up right yeah well they tried to revive it like we've talked about with other shows and um, I think Mike, you're talking about the Dexter. You guys were talking about the Dexter season mm-hmm. in our in our favorite TV from last year, and that obviously did it correctly. So yeah, um, my uh, my fifth one is <laughs> most likely not going to be on anyone's list, and you guys can feel free to laugh at me for it. But it's really because this was like the show that we watched as a family pretty much every week, um, and that's really the main reason why. It is funny. I'm sure if I watched it again now, it wouldn't be great, but it's Everybody Loves Raymond. That was such a big show in our house. Yeah, My I'm family not going to laugh at you. That was a big We watched that yeah. one too. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's pro- it's not a great show. That's fine. It's not great, but um, Great show, man. It's on your top 5. Top 5 yeah, for greatness I just, lives. I just have so many memories for it. That's really That's what it is. That's the part of like sitcoms. It's like they don't have to be amazing, but it's mm-hmm. like the memories you have around them and like the jokes are timeless and the, cause I'm for sure if I put on an episode of everyone loves Raymond right now, it's like, I would laugh a hundred percent. Like yeah. that show was funny. Yeah. I think, um, I think I look, I was, I was, this is one of the shows that for sure popped up in my mind of wondering if I should put it in my five. And I think part of the, part of the appeal is this, this is more laughing at my family than it is at the show. But I feel like it was very much um, the Italian family 
is kind of what they were riffing on a little bit. Like they're just like the big family. One mm-hmm. family lives on this side of the street, the other on the other, the parents and the in-laws are always over and like all this type of stuff. So it really like played on that a little bit. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons why it's stuck around in our house even longer. <laughs> it was because of that. We always used to laugh. Um, like I have a European like immigrant mom mm-hmm. and um, the like the grandma always reminded me of her because it's like she's always making them food and like yeah. forcing them to eat. And that's literally like my mom, like when Mike and I first started dating a long time ago and he would come over. He's not like the biggest guy. So it's like he'd have one plate of dinner and it was like unacceptable <laughs> by my mother's standards. She'd be like, Michael, you're so skinny. Like you need to you need to eat more. And it's like that was like it would just that's the Italian up. mentality, too. There you yeah. go. Yeah, but you you don't have to be skinny for for them to want to just feed you. So it happens either way. (laughs) Um, All right, so that's my number five. And Ian could not have been better with his timing. We just went through our three top five picks. And Mr. Ian Walters here, sir, welcome. Hello, hello. Well, Well, I was thinking of the best way to reference the pop-in, so I figured why not just pop in. (laughs) (laughs) Ian frequents the (laughs) pop-in. That's right. So we're on number fives already, We're on number five, man. Let's do it. All right. Number five is sort of a a sitcom that famously changed up the format. And uh, as a lot of great ideas come from Britain, it started in Britain and made its way over to North America. The Office is my number five. Uh, I think it's a hilarious, like obviously other sitcoms have followed the format since, but it was kind of the first to make it popular. And it's this hilarious idea that you're going to kind of break the fourth wall and have your characters be part of an ongoing docudrama where they're kind of giving you their perspective, their takes on everything that's going on constantly throughout the show. I thought The Office with Steve Carell at the helm and sort of the the boss that everyone loves to hate, um, Mike Scott, you know? So yeah, it's a great show, The Office. And all the characters are lovable in their own way, I guess, or love to hate, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So, so it's, is yours the US office, the NBC office? So or I have a special place in my heart for the UK office and Ricky mm-hmm. Gervais is a genius. And I think for a long time, I preferred the UK one, but there's a lot to love about the the North American one. And it's, it's way different because with the Britcoms, you know, they're famous for just doing one or two seasons and that's it. And, you know, kill it while it's in its prime. Uh, and, of course, the, the way we do things in North America, we let it die, fizzle out. <laughs> yeah, I, would say, I would say the mentality is leave them wanting more as opposed to, the, which is a much better mentality as opposed to the U.S. mentality, which is milk it dry until everyone hates yeah. it. <laughs> well, I saw Mina's your number five was Schitt's Creek. They did it the they did it the right way. They finished mm-hmm. at six seasons strong. That's a yeah, good right? point. So they yeah. that they were it's kind of like a happy medium. Where in Britain it's like, no, we're not gonna do more than two. Like mm-hmm. you guys can want as much as you yeah, although they did do a more. holiday special, I think, but still it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't yeah, much in comparison. Like, so whatever, twelve I think seasons just, like the American one went or whatever. Yeah, just I think the highs are better than some of the lows of the office. So I'll I'll stick with the North American version overall for my number cool. five. All right. Nice. nice. Wife power number four. Back to me. So my yeah. number four is a classic family sitcom. Like and that is modern family. Boy. <sighs> 
things with your mom got pretty intense down there, huh? All like East Coast, West Coast, you feel me? Act like a parent, talk like a peer. I call it parenting. I learned it from my own dad who used to walk into my room and say, what's up, sweat hog? <laughs> Honey, I would love to let you go to the concert. Are you kidding me? I think concerts are rad. Hello, I was a hall raiser. A what? I followed Hall and Oates around the country one summer. This show was like, I feel like it was, it kind of was like The Office because it's breaking. Um, it's using that formula. Yeah, but it's like, it's about a, f a family and you're in their household and you get the whole family dynamic of like the brother, the the dad, um, and bringing like all the families together. But the one thing... I remember watching a special on it when it first started and a lot of the stories that they use in the show are actually things that happen to like crew members or cast members or like people working on the show and then they incorporate it into the script. So it's like they actually asked like throw something funny that happened with you and your family, throw it in a hat and then like, um, will use this as like ideas for the for the filming of the show and i think that's what makes it so relatable um and i think the one that they were talking about was when the the bird gets trapped in the house and it's like how many people have had like a bird that gets stuck in like the exhaust fan like over top of the stove and then it's like your family scrambling to figure out like how to get it out and it's like it's just a relatable show and and i think like it ended well. I don't know that it left us wanting more, but I think it it ended before like it had gone on too long. Um, yeah, it went a bit long. It went a bit long for me, but it is. I still really like it. it. Didn't make my top five, but it's it's a really good show. It's really funny. But some classic I, characters there. I love the show. I love Phil Dunphy, and I would watch yeah, it. He's he's to me he's always over he's and always over again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, my number four. It's sad to me that this is number four because this show is amazing. But uh, <laughs> my number four is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Nice. Yeah. I think it's, uh, is it the most modern day one on my list? Not not quite. It's just, um, it's, it's just my kind of humor. It gets away with, it gets away with anything. That's the beauty of the show. Mm. Because the main characters are horrible people and they're supposed to be horrible people. <laughs> and you're supposed to laugh at them. And make fun of them and somehow they get away with anything and they can just have the craziest ideas and you know make it funny and in comedy nothing's off limits and that's true in this show for sure like now has it been like that from them. yeah has it been like that from the start because uh, this is start. a yeah. huge yeah this is a huge blank Very spot i've never watched the show i know i would like it based on just who's in it but i have never watched the show like mike oh, what's what's dude. the name of your favorite episode who pooped who pooped the bed <laughs> uh god i gotta watch this show <laughs> so so just to tell you the first like four episode titles so you say does mm -hmm. it always start off like this the first title is the gang gets racist the, the second title is charlie wants an abortion and the third title is underage drinking a national concern and then number four is Charlie has cancer, where he fakes having cancer to get to get the girl. Yeah, like 
it seriously <laughs> nothing is off limits and somehow they get away with it somehow it's like you love to hate the characters you know what i mean like you that's yeah. kind of how it is like you don't like them as people but mm-hmm. it's like it's making fun each one of them is making fun of a specific type of person yeah and it does it so well it's hilarious so 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 well right they're like the worst <laughs> garbage people anyways it's so fun it's amazing um it's always sunny in Philadelphia, huge blank spot for me, but man, and it's still going, right? It's still, it's still going, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think they, they go on like long hiatuses. Now the cast is a kind of, um, you oh, know, they're on to, to bigger things, but yeah, it, it, yeah, maybe it is still, it is still going. I think it is. Canceled, I, I thought I saw that they were, yeah, it's not canceled. Maybe it's, yeah. it's, it's not currently on right now, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I had a season in 2021, actually, so I'm behind. But yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, oh, there short, you go. Short so, season. So you, got, you got some new stuff to yeah. watch then. Even better. <laughs> um, okay. My uh, my number four is probably my is probably what I, I would consider the best written out of any of these sitcoms in my in my personal top five. Um, just based on the uh, I don't know uh, jokes per minute, uh, chuckles per hour, whatever you want to call it. And uh, that is Veep. The VP feels we need a quick military strike here. Yeah, precise and surgical, like your lobotomy, Kent. The Cerise binder, sir. No, that's Cherry Red. Cerise. I'm sorry, sir. I must have a very specific form of colorblindness. I cook these noodles every day. Oh, the noodle analogy. You guys are going to love this. I will eat. They need to be heated at 800 watts for three minutes and 35 seconds. Any more and they'll dry out. Any less, they will be flaccid and damp like a lady's hair in the rain. Why are we talking about noodles? No, let me rephrase that. Why the fuck are we talking about noodles? Veep to me is just absolutely hilarious. And it's very similar to what we're going to say about a lot of these shows. Every single character has their own shtick. Every single character has their own personality. They're not great people, clearly. Um, and that's part of the joke of the show is that people in government are just pieces of garbage. Um, gets a little bit, cuts a little too close to home towards the towards the end of the series. But I think they handle it well because they sort of joke about things that um, semi are semi real now. But they handle that last season really well, I think. Um, I don't know. I just think it's I, I laugh all the way through this show. Every single line is a joke. And that's why I love veep so much and it's going to be hard to to find a better hbo comedy than this um i'm sad that it's over but i think it ended where it needed to too which is one of those positives to to shows like this it's funny because that's a blind spot for me i've never seen a single episode of veep i'm probably not going to at this point i feel like i missed the boat but um i heard only good things about it so i don't think Uh, i don't think it's one of those shows where you miss the boat because um because it's not as long as some other ones. You know, it's only, I believe it's only 10, 12 episodes per season. There there are six or seven seasons, so it's not like there's no episodes to watch. But it's it's not one that takes a while to get going. Like, the first episode is hilarious. Um, and I think that if you enjoy the first couple episodes, you will enjoy every other episode after that. Because um, I don't think it slows down. There's no... There's no downhill. There's no. There's no downslope in the comedy of the show. I think it's just so well written. Um, yeah, I love it. And Veep number four. Elaine's comeback. Elaine's yeah. comeback. Yeah. Uh, are, yeah. Honestly, her character in this is even better than it is in Seinfeld. I, I think. 
Um, I think she's absolutely hilarious in this. Yeah. And she won a, like a shit ton of Emmys for that role, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That, that show is just really that show cleaned up almost every year. Yeah. 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 Good choice. Mr. Ian, uh, four. Okay. Number four. Well, you know, I started off thinking about my top sitcoms, thinking that I wasn't going to choose, that there wasn't much to choose from over the last decade or so. But then I, when I started to look at all of them, I started to see, actually, that's not true. We just have like fond memories for some of the older ones, but some of them that have been more recent have also struck big with me. So number four is Nine Nine, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nice. So yeah, just uh, this one kind of took me by surprise. I didn't, I wasn't huge on Andy Samberg or anything like that. And then just kind of, you know, over time, over a couple episodes, you start to get to know each of the characters. And by the end of even the first season, like you kind of develop like a, you have like a relationship with each one of the characters and they're each unique in their own way. It's just, you know, everyone from Terry Crews to, you know, uh, Joe Latrulia's Boyle. Boyle, you know, every, everything about all these characters. Oh, and my favorite character of the whole show, uh, Captain Raymond Holt. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's lots to love of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think it's sort of wrapped up now. The last season was, it wasn't, it didn't like they left on a high note or anything, but it was sort of topical and dealt with like the pandemic and everything that we've been through over the last couple of years. So yeah, I think it's a good show overall. So that's my number four. Nice. So I'll I'll continue on that. So Brooklyn Nine Nine is actually my number three. This is a huge opportunity, and we are going to nail it. Nine Nine. Yeah. Nine Nine. Discreetly, Jacob. Nine Nine. Nine Nine. Same as you, Ian. I just from the get go, the show had me. I thought it was hilarious. Um, the the actor that plays Raymond Holt, like just his. The delivery of his the deadpan delivery. It's just it. He nailed it. Like it was just everything he said was so funny. And then like in the later seasons, they start giving him like a bit more like jokes. Like he has a little bit more fun with it. Like the first couple of se- I think it was like season one, maybe a bit of two. He really was just like deadpan, and then and but like saying serious things that were just like in the situation were kind of funny. And then it's like, they gave him a bit more humor and it just from start to finish, like he was just hilarious. And I've never really seen a character like that done before. And he just nailed it. But I love, I absolutely love that show. All the characters are good in that show. Yeah. I I think it's a, it's a, it's a true ensemble cast and Andy Samberg. I actually was a big Andy Samberg fan from way back in the day, like his original YouTube videos. I loved, um, and I like that this show, like, he's done some movies and stuff, yeah. But this show, more than anything, is, like, showcase his his sensibilities and his mm-hmm. humor. And I, yeah, I, but I, I think I it took it. it further for him with me. Like, I did like the Lonely Island stuff yeah. and this and that, but I never, like, truly liked him on his own for anything. And then, like, this kind of, like you said, like, cemented his mm-hmm. career as, like, a great comic actor mm-hmm. you know so yeah so and you know on that point even when you're scrolling past brooklyn 99 if you're not about to watch it on uh, netflix you know they play a little clip it's always that clip where it's holt and he's raising two photos he's like i have two photos one is your locker the other one is a garbage dump in the philippines <laughs> which which is your like which is yours or whatever and he's just they're both your locker it's just like <laughs> so good so good so that was your number three wife power yeah, it's my number three. Did, right. did we get your four as well? It's already been said. Or yeah, my four said, was uh, Modern Family. 
Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. right. yeah, that's another great one that kind of springboarded off the whole like uh, interview style mm -hmm. sitcom, right? Yeah. So Speaking of that, my number three, because it's my turn now, I think, right after my fire. Yeah. So my number three is um, the Office. But very specifically, the BBC version of The Office. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I no, have it's, to it's tough. About yeah. That because it's tough. I never got on board with The American Office. And it's probably, I think it came around and was a good show. And I've watched episodes here and there. But what really bothered me about The American Office. So I love The British Office, first of all. It's where I discovered Ricky Gervais. Had it on DVD. And I, I watched it over and over and over. And it came out, I don't have it in the top of my head, but like, many years before the, the yeah. American version. It was like the, the, the only one. And it invented the whole docu fake documentary yeah. that every show does now, like Modern Family. Uh, Modern Family did it and didn't even acknowledge there was a camera crew there or not. Like this actually kind of acknowledged that there was a camera crew and they talked to the camera crew and they would take off their mics. Like it became like a plot point at times, right? Which I kind of like better than the just the way people use it now. It's just like a framing device. You know what I mean? It's just like a way to add jokes, add commentary. Okay. Anyways, so this inventing that method, you know, but also being hilarious, fun, hilarious show with David Brent, which is like to me one of the most classic characters ever, and it introduced me to Ricky Gervais, who I've loved ever since. And um, yeah, the 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 pilot of the NBC's American Office, I didn't like how it was like way too hard trying to copy exactly what the yep. British office did and it threw me off and I couldn't and after like it threw me off and it soured me totally on the whole show and I never well, like really gave it a chance after that I probably I saw episodes I've seen episodes here and there and they're actually funny so I probably should have stuck with it but that's why the American office is like nowhere near my list but the British office Ooh. to me is like number three is to me yeah. like the third funniest show of all time and you're right about the Steve Carell version just copying it beat for beat because even the first season was only six episodes. They were trying to go exactly. Yeah, like, I just that soured know? me so it soured me so much that I like told myself like I will never watch this. Show. Like I hate this show. I'll never watch it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like a lot of people hated it, but I even I though of, Ricky like, Gervais pulled it. the genius move because he did two great seasons of a show and then was able to sell it to America. Yeah, like, it made, he brought it, made it to him, America, right? It so. made him uber rich, like exactly. doing the American version. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, so Dave, we, uh, we're on to your number three. Yeah, actually. I'm back. So we got uh, number three, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so my number three is, um, I guess, the most recent one, unless Veep is finished ahead of it, but it's Parks and Recreation. So you guys talk a lot about The Office in the last couple picks, and to me, Parks and Rec um, perfects what The Office, at least the American one, tried to do. Um, I think the characters are a little bit are just as over the top, but I just think I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just it just worked better for me. I think almost specifically just a Ron Swanson show. You know, I think, you know, the way he bounces off the other characters, I think does help it. But I do think that every time he's on screen, it's just complete gold. Um, but uh, but I, I think Parks and Rec is just so, so funny. We didn't watch one episode while it was actually airing. We watched the entire series over the course of a couple months, I think about three or four years ago. And then last year we did it again. We watched it all over again. It's just so, so funny. And, you know, if, uh, if Mouse Rat was a band, I'd be lining up for tickets, you know, like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so great. Like this is, this is the, uh, the Chris Pratt that I really enjoy. 
um, even more than than his stuff in Guardians and the Jurassic movies. Like this is the kind of character I think he does even better. And um, yeah, yeah, I just fat, think every single Chris Pratt was way better than jacked fit Chris Pratt. Well, I guess that's it's, part it's of it. Not, I, don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's fat Chris Pratt. I think it's Chris Pratt before he got an ego. Yeah, I think I think he, he but he plays like the um, the goofball that doesn't really understand what's going on really well, better than he plays the, the even the character with an ego like in Guardians, right? Like that that character is supposed to have that ego. And I just think that he plays the other types of characters better. You guys stole my thunder on two in a row. <laughs> so my number two is Parks and Recreation. Yes. And I mean, you touched on a lot of it, Dave. I won't repeat too much of it. Um, but the one thing, so uh, Mike and I absolutely loved this show. And I think part of it is Mike and I are Leslie and Ben. This is <laughs> the story of our lives. Uh, we are both civil servants. I am a hardcore tryhard, and Michael is the numbers guy that loves board games. Yes. And I mean, tones. I, and it's funny because, like, I mean, like, Mike and I see our relationship better than, like, anyone else, like, on the outside looking in because you guys you guys just get to see like snippets of us but like when we were watching the show like they would say things to each other that we had like that we say to each other all the time or like like little mannerisms that they have with each other and um we even made a joke i think we might have been watching it um when i was pregnant and we even made a joke like oh shit like are we gonna have triplets like <laughs> Because like, we're unfolding like the story of our lives, and then we're like, "Oh man, we'd be so screwed." But like, I think the show just hit like so, like so much harder for us because like that those two characters just like were so more much more meaningful to us. Like we were, it was like I remember the the one part that sticks out too is when Ben is planning his bachelor party, and it's like he I think he plans it and then all the guys show up and they're like this is super lame and it's like the bachelor party that he planned out is actually the bachelor party that Mike had told me he wanted to do (laughs) he said that he wanted to rent a cottage somewhere and just invite like a bunch of his guy friends up and play like board games all weekend and like drink beer and like sounds good yeah that's what he like planned in the show and everyone was like talking about how it was like so lame. And I'm like, that's literally the bachelor party of it. <laughs> but I don't know. Like sitting there so jealous, like, oh man. The bachelor party I never got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he did either. So yeah. No, it didn't end up happening, but yeah. The show is just awesome. The the Ron Swanson, like his character was amazing and we even loved the um, his ex-wife is actually his wife in real life. So their whole like dynamic was just like really hilarious knowing that it's like they're married in real life. But he's talking about how she's like the like the devil. And so I don't know. It's just re- it's such a great show. Yeah, no, so. I agree. I'm going to I'm going to hold off Tammy. Tammy, Tammy that's Anyways, her name. I will hold well, I, I, I might it. jump in because I don't think I gave my three, so I'll just give it quick because I think okay. it's already been talked about. 
My number three is Schitt's Creek. Oh, nice. This, this show took me by storm. Uh, didn't even dig it when I first watched the first three episodes back when it was sort of airing. Um, I never picked it up. And then during its last season run, I started to binge through it. And I regretted immediately not like sticking with it after three episodes because it really does kind of sneak up on you and it becomes like highly quotable, highly Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, you got to stick with it. But it's hard to yeah. tell someone to stick with a show, but it definitely over any other show, this pays off more than any other show mm-hmm. to stick with it kind of. Yeah, yeah, the writing in the show is really good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that a lot of that I would tribute to, um, you know, Eugene Levy and Dan Levy. Uh, Dan, obviously, yeah. is the creator, but like just having that veteran experience with your dad there on the show, it's like it's it's an unstoppable force, really. Those four sets of two sets of eyebrows, <laughs> you know, those those four eyebrows really carry the show. So no, but uh, it was it was really great, and that's my number three. So yeah, okay, good choice. Yeah, sorry, sorry if we skipped you. No, I just I you know I've been out of the order. So um, all right, so so you did number three. Wife Power did her number two. Mm-hmm. So. I'm on my number two, and uh, that is Community. The Dan Harmon, uh, I think it's the Dan Harmon uh, comedy about the people at a community college. Uh, You know, this show has given us so much. You know, Dan Harmon is just, to me, one of the best, funniest creators. He's also the creator of uh, Rick and Morty. And I love that show so much. And I loved this show a lot first. Uh, this show community also gave us the Russo brothers. That's where they cut their teeth directing. Um, it gave us Childish Gambino himself, introduced the world to uh, Donald Glover and just uh, Alison Brie, you know, like the act, the, the acting in, in this show and gave us like Chevy Chase's last great role. Who's there's, there's a back my day reference. And um, oh, this is like, like, to show that Big Bang Theory like wants to be like it want like Big Bang Theory wants to be the comedy for the nerds, but that's what community is. Like if you're a nerd at heart and you like nerdy things like Dungeons and Dragons and Doctor Who, this show speaks to you, but it like respects you in the way that the Big Bang Theory doesn't respect people who are nerds. And Big Bang Theory like uses people who are nerds like comic books to like kind of like poke fun at them and make them like, you know what I mean? Whereas this show gives you kind of like those inside jokes that you'll only pick up if you play Dungeons and Dragons or if you like watch the things that nerds watch that Dan Harmon's interested in. Anyways, it's it's so good. It's definitely one of the best comedies ever made. Um, if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's, it's very, very clever. And like I said, if you're into pop culture and geeky things, you'll get even more, more out of it. So Community. Agreed. It just missed the mark for me. It was my number six. It was like right oh, there. Really? But I love Community as well. Yeah, I got to watch more of it. But for all the reasons that you just said, Mike, I have to watch more of it. I've the, the oh, individual episodes. No, I'm mean, not fully. No, um, Dude, the individual episodes that I've watched, I I've liked. I've all I've liked all of them. And, and people recommend, oh, watch this episode, watch that. I couldn't tell you what the titles are, but um, but every single one that's been recommended to me, I go, oh yeah, this is really good, and it is really smart, and it is really mm-hmm. nerdy. I don't know mm-hmm. why I haven't watched the rest of it, but every single one that I've watched, like probably six or seven episodes, maybe, which is nothing for how long the show went on. Um, I don't know why it hasn't gotten me to to keep going. But this uh, over yeah. over like any other show that I've mentioned, like Dave, this is in your wheelhouse. Like you, yeah. you, yeah. this is why you need to. And you, 
yeah, you just... It's very meta as well. Like, yeah. it's very self-aware that yeah. it's a series and that from season to season, they have to do, like, certain episodes. Well, even like some that. of the episodes that I've that I've watched have been commentary on that. And I was like, oh, this is yeah. good. I like, like, I appreciate that stuff, too. So, yeah. I the think you, paintball I think episodes <laughs> and the Dungeons and Dragons episodes stand out to me as some of the best television I've ever seen. Jeff, your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, um... What do I do? Roll dice? You tell me what you want to do. Then I roll the dice to see if you're successful. What are my choices? Okay, you're slowing things down, Jeff. Shirley, what do you want to do? I'd like to introduce myself to the group. Hello, I am a dwarf named Zippity-Doo. Okay, I'm not the best at making up names. Oh, hey, I'm Mar. Boy, you weren't kidding. Hello, Mar. My name is Bing Bong the Archer. I'm an archer and such. I'm... Hector the well-endowed? I'll bet. I didn't know you just grabbed one at random. I made that one with Troy in mind. I think they also inspired, like, the... We talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the Halloween heist. I think that comes from... That's probably inspired from Community with, like... Yeah, probably. The the, the episodes that they do every season. the Like, the themed episodes. Yeah, the... the yeah. The holiday episodes and stuff. Um, you know who's in this show, Dave? That has a recurring character. It your your man. Oh my god, John Oliver. He's what? a recurring character. Oh, in yeah, show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. him. Yeah, isn't he? Um, he's in the pilot. He's, he's in, in the, the pilot, he's which I've English seen. Teacher. Yeah, he's a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. the English teacher. And then Ken yeah. Jong, like it's his. He's yeah. so funny. Oh my god, it's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyways, all the actors like Jim Rash, the the dean, is just. <laughs> steel scenes like oh my god anyway, i just want to watch it again i want to watch all these sitcoms again talking about them anyway, <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing man yeah yeah that's my number that's my number two community number two. I told you it was a good list yeah. yeah um yeah we'll go to you and then we'll and then we'll go to mine what's your, what's your number two sure so mine so thinking at the top of my list is more so like when was i watching sitcoms for the most part on a daily basis it's in the 90s so my top two are very sort of the the typical sitcoms that everyone loves from the 90s sort of a one-two punch uh my number two like i i love the community pick that mike has because i think some of my favorite episodes of community are better than some of my favorite episodes of any of the shows in my top five but at the same time the shows in my top five are just consistently from episode to episode just like a great series and and that brings me to friends friends is one of the best shows that i remember watching from my childhood it was right up there on every night, you know, or not, not every night, but, you know, once a week. And then as, as it sort of came towards its end, you'd, you'd catch reruns on the other channels and whatnot. And it was just always a part of uh, pop culture. It was just, you know, it, it doesn't age very well as we've seen even on rewatches, but even on rewatches, like the, the dozen to however many moments that are cringe on sort of like nineties, not aging well, not socially or politically correct are are outweighed by hundreds of other great moments and great episodes of friends so i think all the characters like we've said a lot of these shows all of the characters have qualities that you love about them it makes it hard to pick your favorite you know it's it's fun to argue who's the worst because they're all kind of like (laughs) horrible people at the end of the day but um you know you know there's still i think there's still like sort of a through line of that show that uh keeps it kind of one of the great sitcoms of our time. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned that it doesn't age well and stuff. I was saying before, before you came on, Ian, there's a lot of shows that I grew up with watching with, um, with my parents that were from that they grew up on. Like I grew up watching all in the family. I love Lucy, the honeymooners, like all those shows. 
Andy Griffith show. Like I, I grew up on all of those, those types of shows, even more so than something like friends and the ones that are in my top five here. Uh, those do not age well for the most part. Friends, I think isn't too bad. And I think it actually, they have a decent amount of um, likable characters compared to some of the shows we've been talking about. Like, I don't think everyone's a piece of garbage, but I do think that there's hints of that here and there, which I don't know. I think that gives it a nice redeeming quality, feel like a little bit more feel good, I guess. Um, okay. My number two uh, was mentioned by Mike in his 10 to six. I'm not sure if you'll, if you'll guess what it is, Mike, but if anyone wants to hear that list, we'll have it up on Patreon. We'll talk about our, our honorable mentions. Um, this is mainly because I think this was like, this was one of the shows that I watched every single week religiously from season one to season, I want to say eight, maybe nine. That is that 70s show. You feel okay? Yeah, I'm just not hungry. Oh, Steven, are you finally tired of freeloading? <laughs> Can it, Lori? All I'm saying is daddy works really hard and nothing here is cheap. Except you. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not cheap. Fine, free, whatever. Eric, what are you doing eating? Well, it's mainly for survival. <laughs> but I also enjoy the fruity tastes. I told you to replace the hubcap on the Vista Cruiser. So what is it? You're mature enough to get married, but not mature enough to replace a hubcap? Well, let's see. You took away my keys so I can't drive, and you took away my job so I can't afford a new hubcap. You also took away my self-esteem so I have no pride in my job or my possessions. The show, like, almost, like, defined the type of comedy that I really, really enjoy. It's, I don't know, I, I just think that it is just absolutely hilarious. Every single character is great. Just like I said with Parks and Rec, like, it's, there's certain standout characters. Like, for me... It's Foreman. Foreman was the standout character. I know they had Fez and they had Kelso and all these other goofy characters around him, but somehow his like sarcasm and his wittiness and all that is like, that's, that's, I feel like that's what my comedy is, my personal comedy is. And that's why I sort of connected with him. Um, I still am very bitter that he left the show to become Venom on a movie that's not very good, but it is what it is. That's fine. Um, yeah. In the last season, he's not in it, which really, oh, yeah, he, terrible. he, I remember that. Yeah, he goes away. I don't know if he goes away to school or he does or goes away for work. I can't what remember. What happens the situation. to Donna? She's starts. She's still in it. Wait, yeah. Wait. So that '70s show lost their lead to to, to the to worst the rendition of Venom yeah. we've ever seen. Yes. And the and the craziest thing is in the very last episode in the series finale, he shows up to say hi to Donna, and he's like super buff because he was Venom. Right. So he looks like a completely different character. Like he just, oh, he has a jacket on and everything, but they can't really hide it. Cause it's like, dude, you were like the scrawny nerdy kid. And all of a sudden he's got like these big shoulders and like, they're trying to hide the fact that he's jacked now. It's just, it was, it's a shame. Um, I still think the season is funny, but without him, uh, I re like, I really realized that he was the standout for me because when, without him, the show just wasn't the same. For me, Red was always yeah. the standout. Yeah, Red's my Red's favorite. So but, good. Even, yeah. but even that... Dumbass. My dad loved yeah. that character. Yeah. <laughs> See, my dad really well, loved Fez. He always took had a chuckle over Fez. I don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I loved Red too, but I, I feel like it would lose its luster because part of Red was the dynamic between yeah. Red and uh, Foreman, right? So it's like, Eric. So it's like, 
that whole if they're missing that in the last season, I could see how that. Yeah, could be. exactly. And then and then uh, Cheech comes in and he's a standout too. Like he's yep. just so funny. All right, are we on to our number ones? Are, are we are on to number one. Off? Wife Power uh, is going to kick off number one. I think. Yeah, yeah, we're at number one. There we go. All right. Uh, so my number one's been mentioned, and this might be not just my favorite sitcom, but one of my favorite shows of all time, and that's Friends. Man, it is so hard to shop for girls. Oh, yes, it is at Office Max. <laughs> What did you get her? A pen. <laughs> it's two gifts in one. It's a pen that's also a clock. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can't give her that. Why not? Because she's not 11. <laughs> and it's not the seventh night of Hanukkah. <laughs> Wait, honey, what he means by that is, while this is a very nice gift, maybe it's just not something a boyfriend gives? Sure it is. She needs a pen for work. She's writing. She turns it over. Whoa! It's time for my date with Joey! The show just, like, has everything. It's got humor. It's got emotion. The cast was amazing. Um, I don't... I don't know. I kind of disagree with you, Ian, that it doesn't... Like, I've just recently rewatched it, and I thought it was still funny. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Not that it's not funny. Just that uh, you can tell that the, some of the jokes made then wouldn't be made today. And that's not really a knock on it. Like I said, because yeah. we I enjoyed also, it in the 90s. Yeah. It's more so in like this streaming culture when you're revisiting stuff. You're like, oh, that's kind of funny that they went that way or they did this. Like there's a lot of that kind of thing. Yeah. I um, I think it, it still ages well, but maybe it's because I watched it in the 90s. Maybe if I watched it for the first time now, it, it'd be different. But um. I don't even. Well, you know, it's still my number two, right? Yeah. Like it's it's, like, it's one thing to acknowledge that something is a little awry, but like it doesn't change the way you enjoy it. That's fine. Yeah, I. Um, but yeah, I I love the show. I I thought it was like, yeah, it was just. I don't. Who's really your have... favorite friend? I was just gonna say. I think each of us have to pick a favorite because it's it's in two people's top two, so we have to each pick a favorite. I mean. I hate this question because I like things about there's no one that I don't like. Well, maybe Ross. <laughs> I, have a, I have a point Everyone to make about him. On Ross. But like, I but, can say mine. Mine's Chandler. Yeah, mine's Chandler that. as well. And especially after watching that reunion, like I feel like he got the short end of the stick in the whole like mm -hmm. just like his his life and his career, like just the way that he sort of. Um, absorbed all that like i feel like he got it the worst out of everyone so just like i hope that he knows that he's a lot of people's favorite character on that show yeah i've re yeah i really like Chan. i mean yeah there's things monica that is yours like, what are you talking about I, it's obvious no, my if i had to pick one what? it'd be joey really mm. joey's great yeah, too. Yeah, monica, i thought yours was monica monica's probably like the most relatable to me but joey i just joey was the one that cracked me up like time in and and like he's kind of like the big kid in the show like it was like oh yeah definitely he was yeah. like monica and chandler's like adopted son <laughs> his character was just ruined by that that terrible spin-off 
Can't get oh, that. I yeah, watching that. Was what oh was God. it? Was it ruined? I don't even remember that. Like <laughs> I don't think his character was ruined by that spin off. Well, I remember watching the spin off. Yeah. I if we just ignore I it. Yeah. Uh I think mine's um I think Phoebe, because she's so out there most of the time. Like any of this. And yeah, when and, Paul Rudd comes into this, yes. you know what? Paul Rudd might be my favorite character. On he's so good in this Friends. show. He's so like, funny. He, he's the seventh friend. Every yeah. time he's in an episode, like it's freaking hilarious. Like the Crap bag. <laughs> <laughs> I love when him and Monica play when they're on vacation. I forget where they go and they're playing. They're doing the ping pong tournament. <laughs> so competitive. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, and they're like drenched in sweat. I, the sh- the show's just really funny, and like, I, I, I love all of it. I loved every season, and and I think it was it was a good one. Um. All right. So we have uh, wife powers number one, potentially favorite show of all time is solid Friends. number one. Yeah. yeah. Solid. Um. Right. Mike, you're up next. My man. number one. It has been mentioned a lot. There's a lot of love given to this show. But to me, it is the funniest show ever made. And uh, that's Parks and Recreation. I have a staff of creative geniuses that will not stop working until we win this bid. Leslie, I, I couldn't find that file you wanted, but I did find a file called Bird Census 1980. And it's empty. Get out of here, Ed. I fired you. Right. If anybody wants to hang, I will be at Subway. And I think Wife Power touched on that. We just relate to the show so much. Basically, the characters of, um, uh, is it Leslie? I can't. Leslie and Ben. Leslie and Ben is basically us, like our personalities, basically. And then, and then then in the show, they get together and it's just like, I don't know. We just had so much fun watching it, but it's not just them. Like, yeah, that's a big reason why I like the show, but like, the cast, the ensemble cast I put together in the show is so freaking good. Every character is hilarious. Like Ron Swanson is an all-time best char- best TV character ever. But so is Andy Dwyer. So is April Ludgate. So is Tom Haverford, right? Like these, like every character is amazing. And then when John Ralphio shows John up, Ralphio. he's like, <laughs> to me, that's pretty much the best guest character ever in TV history, right? Like <laughs> this show is, has it all. Um, Tammy won, you know, like, when she shows up, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tammy's here. <laughs> oh my God. Gosh, who, what was the name of the one character, the like older guy that they always like shit on all the time? Like whatever they're in the TV oh, meetings. Uh... And he has he has a family. Yeah, it's like the super um, hot family. Larry, Larry, Larry. Is it Larry? Yeah. Is it Larry? Something like that. But I know what you're talking about. Uh, Parks and Rec actually fell at number seven for me, so it was close. It was up there. Just just missed the mark. Uh, love that show as well. And it kind of like fell followed the format of The Office, like we mentioned. Um, I think it got better as time goes on because I think the first Jerry felt like Jerry. Jerry. (laughs) Oh, Jerry, Jerry. not Larry. And then they call and then they call him Gary for like two seasons because someone makes a mistake. Yeah, Yeah, he's like just like the old guy who gets no respect. Right. That's like him. Anyways, I, I truly think it's like we binged it, too. And we started maybe it was this last season or something. We kind of binged it and it does. It actually, much like Shit's Creek, is like you have to get through the first season. And you guys talk about Paul Rudd, I think, or not Paul Rudd, um, 
I can't, my names are escaping me. Yeah, today. Paul Rudd and Friends. Yeah, no, the well, Paul Rudd is in the, the other guy. The um, the other guy in Parks and Rec. The other Chris Pratt, guy. Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe. Oh, Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. He's like my least favorite character for sure, but really? he's still. Oh my god, he's still an all timer. He's, he's so still an all timer. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I just think like it sounds like he didn't have the best time like filming that show. Like, I don't, oh, I don't really? know, something I don't like that. that. I, I I could be wrong about that, but like I don't know. Anyways, we don't. I don't know much about yeah, Rob yeah. Lowe. I know the only thing I know about him was he was in what was it, Wayne's World or Wayne's World Two? Uh, I think he pops up. I think, in, it was Wayne's I think World, he pops up in Two. Wayne's World Two. I think he pops yeah, up in two, he's yeah. the he's the villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how I always look at him. So. <laughs> yeah, but for me, it's um, you know, it's uh, Adam Scott and uh, Amy Poehler. They're the standouts. They hold the show like. Like everyone else is, supports the show and is like amazing character, but they're at the heart of the show. Well, I think about, I think about the Adam Scott Ben character. It seems like when they introduce him that he may not be a regular. Yeah. It seems like he's sort of like a side character. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like, like the Rob Lowe character. He's both of the, both of them are going to come in and out a little bit. And I think they really came like the writing really played into like a, like really they probably good saw their chemistry oh, and they kind yeah. of, I bet you it was like an organic thing. Like, really liked that's it. Shows yeah. do. That's a, that's yeah. the benefit of TV shows over any other medium is that usually they're written like season by season. Right. So they can kind of like write the show, see how the actors play off each other, see how the chemistry is, see the reaction of the fans and kind of like change things. Sometimes shows are written as the season goes on. Like, like the show is written, you know, only two or three weeks in advance or whatever. And that's yeah. something that can benefit like a long running TV show. And this show does that so, so well with the relationships of the characters. And it's also just like, it's so funny. And it does that office mockumentary style thing. And Dave said it perfects it. And to me, it really, really does. And the setting of being in silver servants, government workers, like it just works for me on every, every single level it works for me. Yeah. I don't know if any other comedy will come around in my entire life that will knock this off as to <laughs> me the to, on the pedestal of to me the funniest show ever made. Like honestly, nice. it's that to me it's like it's not just number one; it's like number one, like in uh, on another stars. another and everything else is yeah. Yeah, everything else is on the planet, and it's number one <laughs> written in the stars. It's the funniest show ever made. So that's, that's just Parks and Rec. I have a feeling that our host Dave and myself feel that way about a different yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. Right. So our okay, yeah. So our our number one uh, for sure, both of us is Seinfeld. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. <laughs> if you did, I'd have a car. <laughs> See, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them. Seinfeld, yeah. yeah. For sure, it is. Um, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld created a masterpiece yeah i think so and um it is it is a show just like i said with schitt's creek just like i said um even even with with parks and rec like this and it's just seinfeld is an everyday almost every hour thought in my head like there is just always something that i can chuckle at that's like oh yeah that's from seinfeld oh yeah, that's from this episode. Oh, that's when George does this. Like there's I think that 
that really shows how much it hits home. And just like I mentioned um, with Everybody Loves Raymond, which may not be like the greatest out of any of these comedies that we've talked about, but I did grow up watching Seinfeld a lot with my family and not just with my parents and my brother, but with my cousins and my extended family. Like it just seems like it's, it was always this thing that everyone just latched onto together as a group. So it's always been like these jokes and these, and these things that we've passed on to each other and joked about with each other. And I think that goes a long way with me liking it even more. Um, I go watch Seinfeld at any any given moment, any moment, so. man. Yeah, if it's you not could, if it's not could, for someone, it's because they have never watched it, you know, all the way through. It, if anyone gave the show, it would be for them. I think. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. I, I know. I know some people who've watched about three seasons. Let's say you know, which is a good third of it, or, or just over a third of it. And as long as that's not the first season, because it is not the strongest, the first, just like a lot of the shows we've talked about. Um, as long as it was also 89 when it first. Yeah. Started, yeah. So. And, and it does feel different than the rest of it. You know, Elaine's not really a regular character in the first couple episodes, all that stuff. Like they really find their footing um, in the second season, really. But uh, there's just, there's just too many classic situations. They put the characters into there's too much, too many great episodes that are just so, I don't even know if they're relatable or if they're just quotable. It's hard to say that they're relatable because they are pretty ridiculous um but i yeah i don't know i i just seinfeld is the greatest it just is it just is for me even if you were to pluck like one episode and label it this is the worst episode of seinfeld ever made doesn't matter what it is it will have some sort of moment that resonates with me the finale at some point yeah and even in that because i don't care about finale doesn't bother me at all i think watching through it like we recently did we watched through it. it it's less uh jarring to see how the show goes out it was way more jarring when I, I, you know, I, when I mentioned friends, it was, it really was a one, two punch. I remember the nineties. I remember sitting in my living room with my family and you'd have prime time and you'd have Seinfeld and friends yes, back, to back. back to back. Yep. And that's what made it probably so memorable for me. That's probably why they're one and two respectively. It's just like, it was always like, by the time I remember watching Seinfeld on a weekly basis, friends had also come and been a part of that too. So it's just like, I want to ask you guys about Seinfeld because I have, I have sort of a funny Seinfeld story, which is Seinfeld, you know, we're late 80s babies. Seinfeld came in 89. Clearly, we're far too young to be with Seinfeld from when it started. Well, we are, um, we are for friends I, as well, really. I think personally it. remember, I did not get into Seinfeld until I was older. I remember, this is going to be a funny, like, back in my day story, but my parents <laughs> going to the Seinfeld finale party at a friend's house. Oh, all the parents cool. were, and I didn't watch it at all. I was in the other room playing Goldeneye with my with my buddies. We were nine years old, right? So any Seinfeld episode I ever saw, yeah. So during the finale, I was, I was playing Goldeneye. So that's what I was doing during Seinfeld finale. I still remember it to this day. That's pretty damn I, cool, um, man. Hey, any Seinfeld episode I ever saw was in syndication on repeat. That's why it's that's why it's not like a all timer for me because like I didn't I haven't seen every episode to be honest with you. I <laughs> I've seen whatever episode I caught on TV when I was. A teenager kind of thing, you know, and I would watch a lot more Simpsons than I did Seinfeld. Simpsons took up way too much of my time to ever ever watch all the Seinfeld episodes, but I always liked it, and it's on my top ten because every episode I've watched is hilarious, and it is like you see it in everyday life. Everything relates to a Seinfeld episode, you know. So I do. It deserves your guys' more spot, but I just wonder: Did you watch it as it was coming out? Did you catch it all later? How how like what was your 
parents. I think, like you said, because of age, most of it was when we were probably teenagers, I would say. But I did watch it when I was little. My parents, I sat with them and watched Seinfeld. Like I did catch the last couple seasons like as it aired yeah, week to week. Yeah, me yeah. too. Like I watched the finale with yep, my family. Yep, we watched it with my my uh, aunts and uncles and my cousin. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. But I mean, jokes, I do remember the jokes wouldn't hit the same, would they? As they no, no, I don't think so. Right? But they wouldn't in Friends either. You know, they wouldn't in a lot well, of these that, shows. That's the funny thing is the way they do their comedy. It's like a lot of those jokes did go over your head as a kid. Yeah, but I don't know. It still somehow was funny. Like you knew it was funny. The way well, they deliver everything. Yeah, it's, the, it's uh, but the you delivery. just didn't know exactly why, but you knew, and and you knew it was funny. Like you knew it was memorable to the point where you'd be like maybe talking about it at the school year, like, oh, well, he said this. What does this mean? You know what I mean? It's like that kind of. Well, stuff. Well, I think there's enough. There's enough little things in sh- in any of these shows that we've been talking about, really. But what stands out with Seinfeld was like if you don't if the if the jokes are over your head and you're too and you're too young for it, um, there's little things like the three or four times that this happens in the show where. George calls Jerry in a panic about something and he just goes, yeah. Who is this? Yeah. Jerry! Jerry, my, my, my head's right. I ruined the picture. I know I need another one or I can't get back into the forbidden city. <laughs> Who is this? Jerry! Hello. Jerry! Jerry, I'm trapped on my desk. Stabbing is in the room. You gotta help me. Who is this? Jerry! Like, you get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, and it's 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 sort of a character thing because he's just being a dick to his friend and just all that. But just the way that that's delivered, I can I've picked up the phone like that before. My dad's called me and be like, "Hey, so how's the week been going?" I go, "Who is this?" You know, and immediately it's it's a joke that we both get and we laugh at, and then the conversation goes from there. You know, it's it's little things like that that I just um, yeah. Appreciate. When they do those recurring bits and they commit to the bit, and that's it gives it more of a through line for me, like like oh like it pays off for having watched it Mm -hmm. and that's why i I would recommend uh power if you're gonna watch do go through like in order from season one and go through it because when you do that you might not think like a show about nothing would have like a continuity but it actually does does. yeah it it actually does like they they reference things from episode to episode that like just happened in recent episodes and like they actually build on the things that happen so it's kind of funny because there's this whole idea that they in like a meta way, they want to make a show about nothing. In the show about nothing. Signed, <laughs> that is essentially well, Seinfeld. The show they, they keep yeah, okay, I'll tell that No, I was just gonna say they, they keep like saying it's a show about nothing, but really, even though it's like there's not it doesn't feel like there's anything of substance, there is like this journey that these characters go yeah. on. And it's kind of fun to watch. And then even what you're saying about the the way it's kind of like a hacky finale, it's like they do an episode that's mostly highlights, yeah. which is not uncommon. Yeah in those kind of shows because they kind of want to showcase their, their most like their funniest scenes and like their most memorable scenes. So they do something like that. And then they have that kind of, Oh, this would never happen in reality kind of jokey court drama thing. But I love that they do that because they actually bring everyone back and they just remind you of how hilarious. The Almost show is. every so single character actually, comes back. It's yeah. actually a fantastic way to go out. Like it didn't feel that way when you first watched the finale. Cause you're like, ah, oh, no more Seinfeld. Like this is it. This is all we're going to get. But when you watch back and you lead up to that point and you've just binged it all, all of those appearances are like right there. Like you, you just watched them. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it pays off way more. Yeah. The seasons I've watched the most are actually the first two because I had those on DVD. So those are the ones Oh, I've really? The most. Oh, man. But Same. I will say the show about nothing. I actually saw, I think it was one of these DVDs I owned, the behind the scenes. 
the show actually isn't a show about nothing. The show was actually conceived by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld about a show about how comedians get their bits. That's yeah. what Seinfeld is. That's what the yeah. show is. Well, about- that's why that's why most episodes, I would say, eighty percent of the episodes start with him doing one of his classic stand-up bits, and basically the episode is kind of a riff on that you know one minute clip at the that beginning was the of the idea, show. I'm not sure that's, that was the idea they came up with when thinking of the show. But it, they but didn't it tracks. Think, it tracks. Nothing. They thought it wouldn't be funny a show about how comedians sort of get their bits. They kind of observe these these humorous situations in the real world so you kind of yeah. have to show about that so the, yeah. The, yeah so the situations that happen to them the situational comedy that happens to them is written like it would be a comedian's joke right that's why they're over yes. the top that's why they're silly you know that's why it's one a great character, concept for a show to be honest it's it's, it's amazing. amazing and they never they never say that right like it's never they say that it's about nothing they have the clips of jerry at the beginning but it's never really explicitly said um yeah, so in, a, in, show, in a way it's a minute show about nothing is a joke i think because that's yeah. what people thought the show yeah anyways yeah yeah well they make fun of themselves and stuff too and, and like a for a full season they make fun of themselves that people kept saying that it's a show about nothing mm-hmm. like they spent an entire season as that being the main through line of like season yeah. four i think or something, yeah. which is hilarious but i honestly loved those bits with jerry just in the comedy club like the little kind of interlude bits. I could recite like, most of those of... jokes because I listened to his, I think it was 97 stand or 98 up. stand up. Telling you for the last yeah, time. I listened to that yeah. like religiously for a couple of years. I could probably recite almost every single one of those jokes and almost in the same cadence as he does in that stand up too. Cause I listened to it so much. It's so good. Yeah, he essentially retired all that material yeah. that became popular throughout the show, yeah. right? So he went on to build other material. He said, I'm never going to do these jokes again. I remember I had the DVD. Yeah, I had Where you basically, yeah. like, he, he just throws all those jokes from, like, Seinfeld era into a coffin and just puts them to bed, yeah. which is great. Yeah. The the one thing I will say about Seinfeld that, that shows, like, um, Mike and Mina's top number ones were with Parks and Rec and Friends is that Seinfeld doesn't necess- doesn't really have it does a little bit like you touched on Ian but it doesn't really have like the same type of character development and and character um episodes or half seasons or seasons like they they do go on much bigger different journeys especially in Parks and Rec and for sure in Friends as well like there's these big life moments and in Seinfeld it's it's a little bit more of the same I would say but if that's your type of comedy that's okay um and there are through lines but they're not they don't they don't go through these life moments like they do in Parks and Rec and in and Friends. And I do think that that does make a difference. And if that's something that, you know, is a little bit more personal for you with the characters and everything, that's then I the can see. the traditional sitcom style where it's every episode they have to start in the same place. You know, yeah, for the most part, that's what Seinfeld that's does. That's from the era yeah. of, you know, we're making the show kind of like for syndication so that anyone, anytime kind of watch it and you're never lost. And that, that doesn't really happen anymore. Now people kind of really like to watch shows through and kind of like, you know, you have to watch the first season for the second season. It used to kind of be like with those shows, with those old school sitcoms, it was like they just wanted you to be able to watch any episode. So you kind of had the characters always have to start in the same place in every episode. And so there was a lot of development, like you said, right? So Okay, so our number ones are uh, Friends for Wife Power. Mike has Parks and Rec and uh, myself and Ian have Seinfeld and lots of some overlap, decent amount of overlap as well. So, and if anyone wants to hear our, um, our choices from six to 10, uh, we have it on our Patreon page as well. 
Ian, quickly, do you have a couple? You mentioned a couple as honorable mentions, just so we don't forget them. We'll, we'll just throw them in yep. there. No worries. No worries. Yeah, we got, uh, well, I did mention Community and Parks and Rec. I also think Fresh Prince is one of the all-time greatest sitcoms. It was hard hard not to keep that in my top five. It's just like, maybe it's recency bias. There's just been so many great shows since then. Um, Modern Family is another great, it's probably one of the last, in my mind, like one of the last great sitcoms that feels like, a sitcom in ways, but it kind of evolved with the whole interview format that Office and Parks and Rec have. Um, and then I like to to round out a top ten. I like New Girl. New New Girl just beat out uh, Frasier for me. Oh, Frasier! Um, nice. Frasier is a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Frasier is one that I can't remember every single episode, but I always had a blast watching yeah. it when it was on. Yeah, New Girl is um, really funny. I, we talked about that too. New Girl is really funny, and this whole idea of I don't know if you guys know like the happy endings new girl story with coach no why is uh, it like coach a crossover was... character so i love happy endings as well but happy endings kind of is like that short and sweet like three seasons whereas new girl just has more seasons to offer more like more overall moments for me but coach was my favorite character and coach was in happy endings but he was also in the pilot of new girl but then as as you go from episode one to episode two it felt like they just replaced coach with a winston but thankfully didn't call him coach. They just, it's a different character, a different roommate. And then they brought coach back once uh, happy endings was done after three seasons, they brought coach back into the show, which kind of cemented new girl is the better, better show for me. But it was, yeah, it was, it was genius. It was like coach. Um, like he, he moved away to go, I think it was like his basketball career or something like that. Out of state. And then, um that's that's how they and then it's like they left the character open for him to come back because i think i think he tested i think he tested well in the pilot so it wasn't like they wanted to like but he left to go be in happy endings which was actually <laughs> a really good show that's actually yeah, a really fun it's a great, it's a great show yeah. the actor yeah it's a great show but the funny thing is that, so because i think they were on the same network brooklyn 99 which was my number four and New Girl, which fell at 10. They actually had a couple crossover episodes on each of their respective shows. However, I just felt like it was kind of like this, I don't know, it was like a great idea that didn't really execute very well for me. Like it just, it like it seemed like the possibilities could have been endless. It would have been like this great kind of crossover between two shows I love, but like not my favorite episodes of either show, which, which easily could have been. Like you imagine like if there was a crossover episode between Friends and Seinfeld. Which interestingly, I believe uh, Courtney Cox was in Seinfeld. He was; she was one of the girls that dated Jerry earlier. I would not be surprised. Um, there's a lot. Yeah, of, there's so, a lot of people that, that come in and out, came in and out of Seinfeld and Friends. Really, it's always fun to see those people that kind of pop up at various stages in their career, yeah. and they they just cameo in either of those two yeah. shows because, like, some some people have been on both, and like, you know, it's 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 always great. So I think those are my top ten, and then. So my honorable mentions, there's a Scottish one named Still Game. I was fighting for its way into my top 10. Still Game, if you have the chance to check it out, I think it's on Netflix. Mm. I hope it's still on Netflix. It is epic. It's just like these guys, they're playing older versions of themselves. These like funny Scottish guys. But the intro is just like them growing up through the years as best friends. Oh, okay. And it's just a hilarious show now. It, It might be like my Scottish background that kind of, keeps me connected to like understanding what's going on because it's very hard to 
understand through their thick accents. But if you can get past that, maybe watch it on subtitles. It's a great show. Nice. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, sweet. All right. So there we go. We have um, our favorite, our personal favorite sitcoms of all time. We have our favorite TV shows and movies of 2021 episodes up as well. And uh, even more recently, we also have our uh, full recap of the Book of Boba Fett. So some of those episodes are up on our Patreon, as well as lots of um, pre-show banter as well. If anyone wants to hear us um, shoot the shit before we hit uh, the quote-unquote official record. And uh, the final episode that we have that we had with Lauren Romo come on for Book of Boba Fett was also a blast as well. So we really dug deep on that. And uh, yeah, just let us know what you think of all those episodes. And uh, we're going to be moving forward. We have some um, uh, video game and toy Hall of Fame episodes coming up because the uh, Strong Museum of Play uh, has their nominations every year. And it seems to be like an annual tradition now that we're going to do that. And uh, we will we'll keep it. Uh, we'll keep the ball rolling. Mike, where's everyone? Where's everyone finding our stuff? At Day Back In on social media. So Day Back In. And the podcast is called Back in My Day. Po- find it on pretty much uh, any podcast app you choose. Yeah. And uh, we're having a good time on Good Pods, like you've mentioned in the last few episodes, Mike. I think it's a really cool way for people to to link to, especially like indie podcasters. You could call us whatever you want, but, but there's a whole bunch of, you know, ton- there's like literally hundreds of people out there doing the same thing. And it's a cool way to sort of connect with other people that are podcasting as well. Um, not just listeners and not just people that are, Uh, trying to find new stuff. So that's always fun too. Um, So until next time, Wife Power, thanks for joining us once again. And uh, Mr. Ian and Michael, we will chat to you next time. Thanks everyone for listening. Just settle down, okay? Settle down! You are all losing your minds! Who is yelling? Who is yelling? We all just need to keep calm. That's it! Don't we're all gonna die!